Welcome, everyone, to the Circle of the Big Podcast Top Five Picks of the Week. So we're back with another top five, ladies and gentlemen, as we promised you. Uh, <laughs> My bad. I was trying to send the link to somebody, and our own video live popped up. I'm trying to just, you know, network out there. My bad. That's right. It's <laughs> some more viewers in. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of Devious One, obviously, and of course, here with me, Familia, the greatest faction of all time, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. from coast to coast, from New York to California, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. I'm going to introduce my host, of course, the man who takes you back in time, everywhere, anywhere. I mean, I'll let this explain to you. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. That is right. It's a new one. <laughs> That's a new one right there. Mike De Niro, <laughs> taking you back in time with the DeLorean, ladies and gentlemen. What's good, everybody? That's right. And the director, of course, who directs you everywhere, anywhere, and from coast to coast, because he is the host with the most, especially with this fantastic That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Mutation, ladies and gentlemen. Fate destroyed. One and only the director himself, Chris Tennant. Man, how many girlfriends did Marty McFly have? Jesus Christ. He had one in, <laughs> had one in 1985. One, one for in, every decade. Yeah, one for one in 2025 or whatever the year was in the future. One in 1885. <laughs> 19, his mom was his girlfriend in 1955. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Calvin Klein. <laughs> anyway, what is going on? That might be uh, that might be Vanessa. If it's on Facebook, we don't see your name. So, if you uh, comment for the first time, put your name. At yes, the end it of is. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is Vanessa. I knew Thank it. you very much, Vanessa. Thank Hell you yeah. much for tuning in. Thanks for joining. Thank you for joining. And Courtney, that's right, Courtney. Thank you so much for stopping by. We will have a great one. I know you have your show going on as well. Subscribe to Crop the Top Pro Wrestling Podcast. Well, okay, so well, what is what is Courtney's channel? Uh, it's She's part of the off the top rope, and then she off has her own show, rope. also uh, CNC connection. Off the That's top right. rope, is that what it is on Instagram? Found it, boom, followed, yeah. easy, done. That's, that is right. There you go. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, WrestleMania champion. I fucking killed it yesterday. Went 15 for 15. No questions wrong. Damn, you no questions wrong. Representing circle debate the right way, right? Hell yeah, that is right. Hell yeah, that is right. Let them know, Blue. Come on, Blue. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that you used Blue from that was Blue from old school, but that was him in Wedding Singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so our top five picks of the week here, ladies and gentlemen, is the director's choice for his pick, and that is, of course, top five Triple H moments. And these are moments that are not just in his in-ring career, but overall outside of the ring as well. So. Which Triple H has done so much for the industry here. I mean, obviously, his start in WCW and then coming to the WWF at the time and becoming Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Everything overall, what he's done in his career has been ups and downs. But right now, currently, he is the Papa H right now, <laughs> who is a new, pretty much head of creative of World Wrestling Entertainment in charge of Raw and SmackDown. So we're here to give our top five you know, moments that we cherish, that we can remember in and out of the ring from the past and even currently right now of Triple H 
So let's go to the wheel. Ah, uh, let me share my screen here where the wheel see who goes first. We're waiting for Kopi Weeston, but I'm not sure if he's going to join us or not. Uh, hopefully he does, but let's go yeah. to the wheel. Let's see who goes first. Oh, well, he's not here, oh. so he, he doesn't count. <laughs> qualified? Disqualified. So we'll remove him. Let's do it again. Let's see. Imagine just popped up right now. I know, right? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready, guys. Oh, the director. Hey, I mean, his top. Finally, shit. Finally, I'll go first. All the time is always, <laughs> always first. <laughs> All, right, All right, director. Right cool. So, <clears throat> I had so many different. I always think about how I'm going to compile my list. I do. I do the research. Do I Google things and put together a list? Do I look at other people's lists and recompile it the way I see fit? I didn't do any of that for this one. This is all off the top of my head because if those memories mattered, I wouldn't have to look them up. And these are my Amen. top five Triple H moments, not just in the ring, outside of the ring, things that I think made his career and things that I were most entertained by. Um, I didn't count them, so I probably have at least one honorable mention, so help me keep track. Number five, uh, I will look up to make sure these facts are right. Fact check me if I'm wrong, but I think it was winning the Intercontinental title, I think, against The Rock at SummerSlam 98. Is that when? Is that the first time he had Is that the ladder title? match? Is that what that was? Say it again, ladder match? It was the ladder match, right? Yes. I believe so. Yeah. That was SummerSlam 98, yes. Yeah. It was, the main event was Austin and Undertaker for the belt? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So that's my number five. That was off the top of my head. I didn't look it up. Um. That was the first time that I think he would actually had been seen as a main eventer outside of what I'm going to say to Shawn Michaels' shadow. Shawn's last match was at that WrestleMania, the Feb, Feb March before that summer, and he beat beat The Rock, right? Yeah, yes. The Rock had that belt for a while, and The Rock yeah. was like, that was the push that that pushed Rock into the world title picture, and this put Triple H into the main event picture. That was yeah. the first step up. He was still. In DX, he still wore the long pants. He was still the frat boy character. Um, yeah. Oh my god, those are my favorite pants of all time. Like, I actually so, have that figure, by the way. I actually have that figure of him wearing those pants. The SummerSlam edition. I have that one. I had that figure too. The the old nice. Bone Crunchers one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, when when trip when it, the the new DX the New Age Outlaws DX like that was my favorite version of Triple H's outfits. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might even be my favorite version of Triple H, you know, as far as, like, in-ring character and whatever. Uh, number four. Let's go with – let's keep it old school. Let's go with – nah, I'll switch it up. The, <laughs> the improvised speech he gave where he was doing an interview and he came up with the game. It was not planned. It was off the cuff, much like Austin 316. He was saying something, something, something. Some of these kids want to come up. They want to play the game. I am the game. He did not write that. That was, uh, according to him, improv, and it completely changed his career, and he is now known as the game, one of the coolest uh, characters and names for a wrestler ever. Number I three. Agree. I agree You're, with that. What? I definitely yeah, agree. For sure. um, yeah, I'm like, that is just such a legit, I think it was like, legit phrase for a guy who is, I mean, cerebral assassin is perfect, but he is a student of the game. For sure. This was, this yeah. was the, the promo. He was How did you get that? Man, bro, I, I when I listen to you, that I type quick. Yes, this is a problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fucking local yokel. <laughs> yeah, 
I work in auto finance, bro. So I type, I, you know, I type the conversation as I'm listening. And I'm yeah, I, I love it. I love that because I yes. know I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, um, no, I, number three, yes. right? Number three. Let's do, let's, now let's keep it old school. The DX invasion on WCW, full regalia, tanks, guns, bombs. There was a terrorist attack call on them. This is pre-9-11. They were allowed to roll up in a full Sherman. And uh, this is one of the first times they really officially broke that fourth wall. Um, yeah, it was. I couldn't believe it was happening. Um, it, I was 14, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, they're over at Nitro right now. I can't believe they're fucking doing it. No one was – there was so little acknowledgement of the other company. And this is in the heat of the Monday Night Wars. And uh, this is when you really start to see the, the, the viewership sway over. Like, it was back and forth, but that pendulum just started to lean, lean, lean. Most definitely, It yeah. had a lot to do with it. And uh, iconic DX, like... Iconic! Yeah. That is it. <laughs> you, you can put that on the list of DX moments, too, but Triple H was involved, so it, it's one of his as well. I love it. I, uh, I swear, that's, like, one of my favorite ones because I, it was just, like, <laughs> just the whole promo itself, how he has them lined up. Like, it's just, like, attention. And, yeah. and we see China WCW wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I just see China just like, when she turns around and she hits Road Dog right Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Oh, with the nerf sure. stroke of WCW and then them going and knocking in the fucking. Oh, my God. Just, yeah. oh that my was God. just amazing. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yes, I had to do it. Um, my number two, WrestleMania 15, turning on Xbox. Uh, nobody saw it happening. Nobody. Nobody. One of the biggest swerves of all time. I could not. I was so in love with DX at the time that I just could not believe that the leader had did that. Um, and Triple H hasn't been a face ever since. He's been cheered with respect, but he's been a heel for the past, what is that, 2099? That was 99? 23 years. He's been a heel ever since. One of the longest running heels of all time. He only had that 98 window as being a face, and he was an anti-hero, so it technically wasn't even a face. Um, but this was the beginning of the evolution of the game character, and it was him turning on Xbox, taking China with him. And, uh, yeah, I was 15 at the time and could not believe it. I was like, oh, my God, now what's going to happen? Holy shit, what's happening to DX? No. And um, jump-started his career, put him in the main event title picture, and uh, – the rest is almost history until we get to my number one and my honorable mention. Number one, everything he's done for the black and gold brand. Mm. Everything. Uh, the moment he assumed power and stopped it from being a reality Big Brother Survivor TV show. I love Survivor, but uh, everybody was trying to copy reality TV at the time. It was MTV was doing like an actual show called Next, um, you know, boyfriend girlfriend stuff dating shows who can carry water across uh plank the longest like has no place in pro wrestling it was yeah. it wasn't good tv i don't think that people are gonna put that era of nxt in the top 10 best moments of pro wrestling and triple h fixed that he made it an indie darlings extravaganza he brought in people that we'd never heard of or people we'd heard of through internet dirt sheets like you know kevin steen kobe Corey, kobe black no, uh, Tyler Black. Tyler, Tyler yeah. Black. I was like, Kobe Lopez, Tyler Black, same guy. Yeah. 
um, pack at the time. You know, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and Ring of Honor basically just became NXT. And yeah, all the smart marks like us were just living for it. We're just like, oh, fucking finally. These people need the recognition. Um, as well as some homegrown talent. Um, but yeah, that's his, I think, greatest accomplishment in pro wrestling is getting that farm club under their banner, under their tutelage, with the right people to teach them everything they need. And also sort of... <clears throat> jumpstarting the forbidden door in a way because that was in its own self the american forbidden door he was pulling people in from japan from other american indies some of them were just there for one-offs jushin liger yeah holy shit came in he had you know had been in every company but wwe at the time uh they brought in i mean mickey james had that one-off return that was essentially the beginning of what's now known as our forbidden door over in Ibushi. That was another yeah, one. Kota Bushi. He yeah. was in the tournament, the cruiserweights, the cruiserweight tournaments, the May yeah. Young tournament, oh, the tag tournament. God. How good were those? Amazing. That yeah. first cruiserweight tournament was the TJ Perkins insane. one. Yeah. You don't know who's gonna <laughs> win those because these were people that were like just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're getting guys from Santino Brothers down the street, Hollywood wrestling, Tennessee was fucking Zach Saber Jr. Like that was a maybe people that I didn't people I mean to be a, people I didn't even know about like you know yeah. tj perkins or rich swan people that were introduced to me just because there were so many of them out there and uh yeah that was that has to be his legacy it is his baby and he did it right um speaking of which my honorable mention is only what's happening right now on the main roster it's only my honorable mention because things are good now but give it a five-year plan let's see what happens that could move into his next number one list we saw what he did with nxt he is fully capable of doing that right now with the main roster. Yeah. I hope it happens. I hope that next year when we do this list, that that is my new number one. And that's it. That's a great list. Great list. Cool. Appreciate it. I, I cannot wait to hear how many similarities and how many uh, differences we have. There's, you know what? There's, there's, uh, honestly, there's so many. It's the same, man. I, you know what? I'll just go. I'll say I'm gonna save you best for last in there. I'm not gonna fuck the wheel. I was, I was yeah, whatever. Like, the wheel's cool and all, but that's like 30 seconds of time. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather just I'll just go. Might as well. Right. Handle it. Love all it. Right. This is my, dude, I love these. These are so fun. Yeah, I love top five. All right. Here we go. I mean, you said it best. I mean, there's really there's nothing to add on. My number five was the one with the invade invade WCW. The oh, wrestling. Yeah. But yes, I did enjoy that one. And one of oh, those okay. pictures were coming up fast. <laughs> uh, it, and all yeah. The, yeah, and all the dick jokes <laughs> on the tank, dude. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It was just it, they really played to the pubescent fourteen-year-old male demographic. It was the perfect storm for sure. It was more watch TV for sure. To be honest, you could say that this was the, I think, the first uh, reality invasion, like not scripted. Not planned was hey, we're just they're down the street. Let's go over there and invade them. Why might as well? The idea came from a lot of people, not only just Hunter, a lot of them. Uh, there was there's so many different stories, but they all sound similar because uh, you know McMahon approved it. The last one was McMahon. He he didn't know about this until yeah, obviously Bruce and Jim. I went up to him, and this is the time when it was Bruce, Jim, and JR. They all went up to him, like, hey, uh, they want to do this angle. What do you think? Goddamn, pal. All right. Let's just go over there and, and you know, make history. You know, like, that's six. I want to see if it's okay. All right. I love when they were interviewing the uh, 
the fans outside of WCW? Yes. How much oh, did you pay for the ticket? I got it for oh, free. Well, then we found out they were giving out the papers, the free, the free tickets, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. That was I so forget there's an industry amazing. term for that. I know it's called comps, but I think there's another term. And yeah, I that was good stuff. <laughs> oh, it was. Amazing. And um, so you could say that this was like one of the first ones, just, uh, first scenes and seeing first like, type of uh, realistic scenes that are like, oh shit, you know, this is not, a, they broke kayfabe pretty much. And just to go and literally invade WCW. And, and it's funny because I'm surprised that they didn't do what you call the cops, hey, trespassing. I, None they, of that. They, they did. I do believe yeah. that they did. They did they, right? What, did they, that is what cut the segment short. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. So, did, so it did happen. Okay. So, yeah. Because if WCW didn't call the cops, I mean, I'm sure somebody down the street seeing these guys in army fatigues with a tank is going to call the cops. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bishop to this day denies he's like, I didn't call the cops. We were going to open the doors. Yeah. I'm reading yeah. the article right now. I, it's, uh, Road dog, and I'm gonna read it real, real quickly. He didn't know about it until the day of, either on the plane to get down there. Uh, cops detained them for 30 minutes, especially with the amount of weed they had in the backseat of the van. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. That's oh, my man. favorite story. There was uh, <laughs> not only the fake guns in the actual tank, but the weed in the van. Oh my <laughs> god. Right man, where's Kofi Weeds the one we need him? Right? Yeah, this is he. Where is Kofi where he's <laughs> needed? Hey, but it, I, I guarantee you that was Sean Waltman's right there. That was, that was his stash. I guarantee Oh, that had to be everybody. Yeah, I'm sure they all were partaking. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Number four would be, of course, when he comes back to Monday Night Raw. Mm. Uh, when he first had his, you know, this is where he toured his uh, ACO, I believe it was. During his match, you know, the attack match with, with Tim and Austin uh, versus uh, Benoit and Jericho. And this is where he tore his quad. Yeah, it was his quad, actually. There you go. It was his quad. Yeah, he, he was his quad. quad. Was, yeah. I was actually in the venue that night. Oh, what? You were there, you, what? Yeah, it was oh, there it is. Oh, yep. There it is. Yes. <laughs> um, I was really excited, to be honest. The whole crowd was really, really, oh, my God. It was electric that night, honestly, for me. Um, let's see. Uh, I was, yep, me too. I was a happy camper when I saw that return and see him, and then and seeing his reaction to coming back, you know, he was all hyped up, like, yeah, yeah, I'm back. And then just seeing that, and then honestly, when I saw him pedigree Kurt Angle, I'm like, oh, I hope he don't fuck up his quad, you know. And yeah. no, everything was, and I love that pedigree was wow because he still held on to him when he landed. And I was like, oh, my God, that's an old-school pedigree. And I really enjoyed it. And that, that, for me, that was exciting. From there, it all started for him, you know, being back into the main event picture, you know, with the whole angle of Stephanie McMahon situation. Then going the on with Rumble. the Rumble. Yeah. Then going to Mania 18, beating Jericho, winning the undisputed title. So I was like, yeah. He came back was, looking like the Incredible Hulk. He was huge oh, when he came yeah. back. He was yeah, you know huge. what? Honestly, you're right, because – the last time he wasn't as bulky as what yeah, he was. I, 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 yeah. Don't don't ask me specifically why I know this. It might be because I played a lot of uh, WWE video games, but I specifically remember him going from two forty eight to two sixty four. Mm. Like those, believe are the believe those are the stats in the, in the games. Like I was like, damn. All right, so yeah, I mean, twenty pounds is a lot on a guy who's already pushing two fifty. Yeah. Oh, damn. Definitely. And I mean, shit. Just seeing that was one of the. I think that was his best. Uh, high. I mean, for me, his highlights of uh, 
of turns. Like best returns, I could say that'd be one of my favorites. Like I love that music. Too. Music that he played there before the Motorhead version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the beeping noises. Oh, like oh, my yeah, yeah. Yes. That music yeah. was dope, dude. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, the game I'm music was cool and all, but like yeah. that that shit when the the computer beeping, like the it was almost like the Matrix theme he had going on was yes. super sick. Yeah. I did like the vignettes. I don't know if you guys remember the vignettes, but they'll do like, oh, we can restructure him, we can make him better, like. I don't know if you guys remember those fucking promo. Like like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember they used to have, uh, I think it was YouTube, Beautiful Day. Oh, like, yeah. And they were showing him like working out. It's a beautiful yep. day. Like, yeah, like that was just a great time period. Like, I love that whole time period. See, this is where I critique AEW to learn how to do promos like that or vignettes for mm-hmm. either introducing stars or recapping promos because that's yeah. the one thing like I said I always. Give credit to WWE no matter what. They have they have that. They're able to do that with yeah. any of the stars they bring or they or like they come back. And that was all I mean, David yeah, Sahadi. They, they fail a lot. A lot they fail a lot, like with uh Emelina and uh Ava Marie, but they also at least try. Where yeah. AEW is like they assume that we're all smart marks and we know who Maki Ito is. We're like, no one's like, who the fuck? And only three Please. people, you know. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. That's the, that's like the only issue they have right there, and of yep. course the number two for me would be when Triple H when they announced him in, the, in 2020 that he became the VP of Global Strategy and Development. So this is why I'm saying this my number two because he was the one that pressured Vince McMahon, pressured the share stockholders. Look, we need a developmental training camp. We need a facility. We need a building. We can't be focusing on having OVW how we had Ohio Valley Wrestling or Florida Championship Wrestling or Mid-South. No, we need our own. I'm sick and tired of focusing on using third parties. I want us to have our own developmental you know, training facility. And this is where the whole money was spent. And like, I believe I don't know, it was a lot of money for it. Uh, but this was all Triple H's idea of creating that, you know, that NX pretty much said, facility that they have up in Orlando. Full set, All of that yeah. was him. Full set, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah so it's a college campus designed for arts and entertainment. Like, before <laughs> for wrestling, just in short, people don't know. You can go there for graphic designing, acting. Um, it's, didn't someone we know go there? Someone I know went there. Someone I know someone went there, used, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was someone we it. together. But, yeah, someone I talked to, I was like, you went to Full Sail in Florida? Like, yeah. I'm like, dope, dude. I think, was it Taco that you said it? I think it was, right? Who was I, it? I think it was top of the. I, I fuck. Who the fuck was it? You did. You you told us a while back. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's somebody that I. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it is. I haven't made no effect on this one for sure. I'm just like, could have been a friend or family member. It could be someone in my band. I have no idea. <laughs> I think you said it was Taka. I don't mean your former the one who's in. Ta- yeah, Taka I don't know. Right? It might have been. It might have been Taka Shibata. Um, yeah, but I mean, just just give an idea of what I mean by that. I just want to just put like the see. Look at that. He. This was his idea. Insane. That's so that, insane. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. A lot of and people, just... when, they, when they come up through wrestling schools, you can respectfully, you know, it happens, develop a lot of bad habits or habits you don't know are wrong because no one taught you, depending on the school you went to, if you come from backyard into pro wrestling like I did because I want to get the fuck out of the backyard and learn how to do it for real. And with this facility, you can either squash those bad habits or you never, you know, teach them in the way uh, that WWE kind of prefers. You know, they have their own 
system or, you know, regulations or style. And a lot of those kids coming up, they had to be retaught. And that is a hard thing to do. So they kind of wanted yeah. to get ahead of having to do that. Yeah. See, that was already like the, the grand idea, the grand opening that, hey, we're going to start building oh, it here. Look at the young Corey Graves over there on the left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that was awesome. You know, just to see what he created, what he's done. Uh, man. Yeah. Like, look, I'll even show you. Let me show you this picture. He's the man. He was the brains for creating this facility because right here they even showed the plans very quickly. Right there, you see, he's like, "All right, this is my plan. This is what I want to do." See, and he created the sports. Really young, Adam did. Pierce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh. And uh, yes, I my one of course is you would that. I mean. Well, you said the one currently, but I that was your number two was the black and gold. It's when he took over as head of creative and executive producer for the NXT brand. And he did. He did uh, a fantastic job. How you I mean, everything you said, I can't there's nothing I could add on to, but he made the NXT brand to be I mean, you're second to WWE, but one thing is that a lot of people and I always digress and always fight for it is especially there's one person but i'm not gonna say that person's name but uh, one person's like but it was supposed to be meant for developmental for young stars not to bring in indie talents and make it your own indie show i get it indie talent don't deserve a shot they were still they were still young and they were still indie they were journeymen for sure they had experience but they were still young i mean if you look at, I don't know what they want to say, young, either in ring or in life, but the average age of original NXT roster had to have been like 25. Yeah. Because, it's funny uh, when age becomes a, like in question with wrestlers, especially when you look at like the 80s. You wasn't in your God. prime until like your 40s. When they, so. all, when they all look like my PE gym teacher. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, Dude, yeah, I, like I, all of a sudden now that. it's like, oh, they're old because they're like 35. And it's like. I, I was never, about? I'm not going to get into how much of not a good old boy fan I am. So that's my own that's my own situation I got. I'm not into the whole thing with the good old boys that they're talking about. We're like same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like very few I, I was into. I mean, I get it that it was like, hey, it's supposed to be for a developmental program like what it is with NXT 2.0, what it is right now. But what he did, he saw an idea, he he went with it. He's like, fuck, I wanna be like I wanna be the next indie guy. Cause Paul loved it. I mean, William Regal was the scouter. He went. He came in California, PWG most of the time to, yeah. you know, scout the talents over here or in Ring of Honor. That's how you know, Steve he, and Jericho got signed Yeah, from PWG with William Regal being in front row. Exactly. For William Regal to be in front row, and he signed both of them. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take these guys. And he signed them. You know, and then um, instead of like, hey, going to the schools, let me look at this guy. No, these guys ended up going to indie shows. Look how Triple H did when he went to Europe. He went to Progress. He went to Evolve. He went to Riff Pro and found a lot of people there too. And what gave him the idea, oh, I want to do NXT UK. You know, it's just, this guy's, it's a mad scientist. He's like a mad genius. Uh, he just wants to input every, everywhere. He wants to put his flagship there. And that's what he's going to do when he rebrands the NXT. Now it's going to be no longer UK. Now it's NXT Europe. 
Think about it. He's going to be. It makes sense. Do, it makes sense why to do that. He was considering of doing NXT Asia, but now he put a halt to that. He had the idea too to do NXT Mexico because he wanted to do more with Mexico and South America. He can still do that. He has the ability yeah. to do that. I was uh, even saying on my show like a couple of days ago, I was like, NXT UK, their longest reigning champion was a guy from Austria. <laughs> like, it didn't make yeah. sense that it was called the UK. It should have been Europe the whole time. Exactly. And and I, th- <laughs> and I think that's what he's going to do on this one. I think he's really going to, when he when they revamp the, that NXT UK into, into NXT Europe, oh, it's going to go to another whole level. And I am excited to see what it is. I know that the, you know I feel of course feel bad for the people in the roster that were cut, but I'm pretty sure they're gonna they're gonna bring them back. Hey, you want to come back? I'll bring it back. Why not? It's just hey, budgets. This is the reason, and of course they bought people from the main you know back to the main roster here in the states. Eventually, this the next quarter is gonna is gonna be bigger. Yeah, and one of the biggest expectations that I think a lot of people are gonna be really tuning in and watching and investing is next weekend's. Uh, Night at the Castle pay-per-view because that's his solo event by Hunter himself. He's the one who run that show. SummerSlam didn't count because that was Vince's last, you know, scripted what he left. Yeah. Now this is the matches already made before him. There's still a lot of things on that, not to digress, but there had to have been some Triple H moves on there. The I really doubt Vince was gonna bring back Bailey, Io, and even Dakota at all. I really doubt he was going to turn Becky back to the man. Like, I think that those had, those had to have been audibles. No, yeah, I no, definitely yeah. think that the, the only thing that uh, Triple H did was really book the show. I think that Vince had the matches on paper because it was already booked. So I guess the matches were already yeah. on paper. It was on Triple H to like book it the way he sees fit, but he had to go with the matches that were already announced. Yeah, the matches Here. definitely like the story revolving the match. He's like, okay, yeah. we have Becky and, and Bianca. And then that's already handled. So Triple H is like, let me just paint, let me repaint the picture. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I love the audibles. Yeah, the definitely huge. Love it. We talked about yeah. it. Yeah, I talked about it. Fantastic. Yes, you did. Sure. And you did a fantastic job right there. But yes, I got you, I got to do more. I just got to find time, man. Yeah. Even though they're like five right? minutes long, I, I'll, I'll do one after this. I'll do my. I'll do. I'll do get back to the list. <laughs> well, you yes, just made um, the list. You just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I have to say about this. And I mean, that's my list. And seeing Hunter being back, you know, I, except this guy. I, I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, he's in that a, picture, he's looking at Leo Rush like know, you know, retire Leo again. Rush, that kid, <laughs> yeah, fire place, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a different list. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's another topic. That, yeah, that's another different topic. But yeah, that's my list, man. That is my list. Great list. So the Nero. Floor is yours. I, I feel like I'm gonna be like copying a lot of your guys' list, but I mean, those are a great lists and great moments. But my number five is to sit down with JR, like Chris said, when um, he improvised and he was talking about, oh, you guys want to mention Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker and call them students of the game. And then he even cursed, they bleeped it out, but he said, I am the fucking game. And that was the moment that became, you know iconic with him and even though you know like I, i'm not gonna lie like the the ecw market me still thinks that this is shane douglas's you know image that he like copied here but you know i i think that there was especially in this time with uh the hat, with the hat yeah. right ah uh, okay and the beard the hair down like, i do feel 
I do feel like in this era, in this era of Triple H, like I do feel he did take a lot of influence from the franchise, the franchise, the game. The like, Bradley voice. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, even there was a promo. I seen a promo once where like they put it side to side. Uh, Shane Douglas was like, it's my belt. It's my it's belt. belt. And then Triple H, like a couple weeks later, was like, it's my champion. It's my champion. So yeah. it was like, oh, man. But still, this is such an iconic moment. Like to improvise that, I am the fucking game, become the game Triple H. I think that this is such a great moment for him. And it was the moment where he really became who he is today. So definitely that's that's a legendary sit down. After that, I feel like that was the moment where I think it was that one. And also JR had to sit down with uh, Mankind, where Mankind was talking about his like career and his horrors and his like pain. I, I think it was those two where like every time I knew JR was going to have a sit down, like it was like must watch because like anything could happen and stars are going to be made. <laughs> Getting his ass well pretty much most of the time. Jeez. Right. Yeah, when Kane set him on fire. <laughs> glorified. I mean, Mankind is definitely the most glorified jobber of all time. Speaking of, though, speaking of Mick Foley, my number four is the entire feud between Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, and Triple H. I remember growing up, that was my favorite feud in the WWE. Um, everything from the first time Cactus Jack. We talked about it on the DeLorean a couple weeks ago. It was the debut of Raw in Madison Square Garden. It was when it was supposed to be Dude Love versus Hunter Helmsley, and that's when we had the debut of Cactus Jack, and it was a False Count Anywhere matchup. From that moment all the way to 99, where they had their match at Madison Square Garden at Royal Rumble, I believe. Oh, my God, yes. And then um, fantastic. Oh, that hell in the cell that they had where Cactus Jack had to retire. It, that whole feud was amazing. I feel like they fit each other like a glove. It was just perfect contrast of styles. You had, like, the hardcore guy versus – the student of the game, like it, it was just a perfect feud. And I, I still to this day, it's hard to think of a feud that just meshed well like that. You know, there's a lot of great feuds out there, especially in that time. Like, you, of course, you had Austin McMahon, you had Austin Rock, but none had the emotion of Cactus Jack versus Triple H because Cactus Jack, Mick Foley was like the everyday man. And Triple H was like this genetic jacked like monster that, he was like the bully, basically. And no matter what, like, you want to see Cactus Jack get his comeuppance, but, like, Triple H was just too much for him. And I feel like that type of emotion, especially me as a kid watching that, that really, like, you know, drew me in. So number four is that whole entire feud. It lasted, like, two, three years. And, you know, it's just I, amazing. And I'm, I'm going to you know, have to say, sorry to interrupt you, but you're right about that. I, I, you know, I thought about it. You're right. It just – the whole story itself – for him to come and you know, and especially when he comes and takes off the mankind, you know, attire like yeah. and his and just seeing triple H in that cage match, right? The blue, oh, the blue steel cage, yeah. Oh yeah, and then but, but besides that, but no, no, no. I'm talking about on SmackDown. Oh when yeah, he challenged yeah, yeah. Triple H. He's like, oh yeah, and then his name is Cactus Jack. Yeah. Like the second time, the second running, not the first one when he met him for the first time on Raw when it was I don't remember when it was Do Love and Mankind and the screen, on this on the, the Tron, Tron, yeah. And then that's when they introduced Cactus. But no, I'm talking about the second run when yeah. for the lead up to the feud for Royal Rumble. That was, I think, one of my favorites because seeing Triple H's face sold it all because, like, but like, he got my number, you know, because yeah, I, yeah, like, I never beat this guy. He knew Mick Foley, the man, couldn't measure up to Triple H. But when he channeled Cactus Jack, he had to worry because Cactus Jack was not Mick Foley, Cactus Jack was his own monster. Like, he was a deranged, hardcore maniac who would put his body on the line for anything. And it, it was just amazing how, like, 
like to think about that. Like if you look at that with like logic, say you're not a wrestling fan and someone's telling you, oh, there's this guy named Mick Foley, but when he calls himself Cactus Jack, you'll be scared of him. It's like, what? But it just made sense. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things where it's like one of those wrestling things that you got to like see it. And when you see it, it's just as this Facebook user saying, it's such good shit, you know? Yes, that's Vanessa. That's Vanessa. <laughs> Well, Vanessa, just because you said that, it's for you. This is such good shit. I so love that. <laughs> <laughs> My number three is the night after WrestleMania 14. That This is the uh, promo where Triple H basically took over the leadership role of DX, brought back Sean Waltman, X-Pac, and this is where we, you know, we create the new DX, uh, the new age outlaws. Like Chris said, I, I agree with him. This was my favorite like addition of DX. Like Triple H and China is the like leaders, X-Pac, Billy Gunn, Road Dog. I love this version of DX. And that whole promo at the end, basically saying that we look to Shawn Michaels to be the leader, but he couldn't get the job done. Now, like if you want to get it done, you gotta do it yourself and you gotta look to family to have your back and then he brings back x-pac and then x-pac cuts that promo on eric bischoff and wcw like it was just amazing oh and it, God. it led to the stuff where like you know the dx invasion on wcw but that promo was such a powerful promo because it was the first time where he wasn't going to be a backup role he was going to be the main leader of the team and i thought that that was the first time we've seen triple h as his own man for sure it was it was a great moment i remember that it was the raw after wrestlemania 15 or 14 yep um, I'm trying to look at that damn picture. It wasn't until the end of the Raw, that particular Raw. That was done like in the early, I think, the beginning, the first segment, maybe. Yeah. And the New Age Outlaws were the run ins at the end of the show. Yeah. So like, oh, it was like during a cage match or something, right? Yeah. It was a cage yeah. match against the Old Age Outlaws. Oh, yeah. And wasn't this when, uh, fuck, I'm trying to remember. What was the main event for that? Uh, that's I'm, trying one, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, because yeah, it was I that think, same night Raw. That was Cactus Jack in Chainsaw Charlie versus who? Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't know who it was. I thought it was the Legion of Doom. I thought it was that's when the no what because it, yeah because there was some controversy about the WrestleMania 14 because they had pinned them inside the trash can with the forklift, but there was yeah. a technicality where the New Age Laws didn't win their belts. And here we go, Legion of Doom Doom won that tag team battle royale at that mm -hmm. WrestleMania that got him the title shot. So I think that they reversed it. The outlaw, the old age outlaws retained, and then against Legion of Doom, and then the run in. Mm, okay, yeah, so you're, there you go. That's about, there you go. Yeah, that's, yeah, that I, sounds I, I, right. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna look that up just to. You know. I actually had this picture. I, I don't know why. Like you know, I, I wanted a poster of it. My mom couldn't find one, so she printed out a picture of this and oh, I put it up no. in my wall. <laughs> no. That's but awesome. yeah, I, I was a huge DX fan, especially in that time. And it's surprising because growing up, my favorite wrestler was Shawn Michaels. But I felt like DX was better once they ditched Shawn Michaels. But number two, my number two was the entire NXT Black and Gold. For every reason that you guys said, you know, he basically shaped the future of what WWE is today. And so many guys who I remember watching on indies, like, for example, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Guys, like I, I would go to every Ring of Honor show in New York, so I ex constantly saw Kevin Steen and El Generico and Chris Hero and Claudio, and you know, it's just crazy to think that like all these guys were given a shot in the big leagues. And I remember, like, I would go to these Ring of Honor shows, and like it, it would feel special to me because guys like Kevin Steen, I would have in the back of my head, like a guy like this would never get a shot in the WWE, and it's what makes Ring of Honor special. And I feel like it's because of that 
that makes it even more special that someone like Triple H saw something that us indie fans saw because maybe the corporate, you know, whoever wasn't seeing it, but yeah. Triple H was that indie fan, I feel, like us, where you have a guy wrestling in a T-shirt and shorts and he's not in the best shape. And you, us fans know he's great, but we're all like, oh, well, Kevin Steen's probably never going to go to the WWE, so we might as well like cherish him here in Ring of Honor. But someone like Triple H sees what we see and then gives him that <laughs> shot. And now still to this day, you see what Kevin Owens is doing. Amazing stuff. Like, And he's just one example of many. So I feel like that's just the whole era was a beautiful, beautiful era because it just felt like it was time for, at least for me, Everything that I would like to watch, like after like I kind of started falling out with WWE, I became a big fan of the indies. Everything I like to watch, all my favorite wrestlers started to go to NXT, and it brought me back to the WWE. So for me personally, it was like a full circle because of what Triple H was doing in NXT with the black and gold brand. I love that. Like just seeing him with the fans, I'm like, oh, man, so yeah. fucking amazing, man. Oh. And then my number one was actually Chris's honorable mention. Right, my number one is what he's doing today. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a short time period, but you know, I, I was literally just doing a um, wrestling DeLorean on the Monday Night War, and they were. It was the episode where it was the fallout from Bad Blood, the uh, Hell in the Cell, the first ever Hell in the Cell, and Shawn Michaels and Triple H just to get under Vince McMahon's skin, reshowed the footage of the curtain call, and Triple H is talking about how you guys punish me for that you guys punished me sean was too big of a star you didn't do nothing to sean scott hall kevin nash they they left i got the punishment he was supposed to be king of the ring that year Mm -hmm. it went to steve austin because triple h was punished for that he was a guy who was on the verge of getting fired from uh (laughs) that picture that's amazing that's That's amazing for some reason i didn't know what i was looking at (laughs) <laughs> Hunter was a guy who was on the verge of getting fired because of that curtain call moment. And to think that all these years later, he's the guy running the show. Like, I feel like that's the ultimate accomplishment. Like he literally fell back to the very bottom and had to work his way all the way back up. And now he's the guy running the show. I think what bigger accomplishment can you have than being the guy who is in charge of everything? So I think that that's gotta be his number one is him running the show now and being head of creative. Oh man, fuck! Those, you know, I, I got so many honorable mentions too. Like I, I've been a big yeah, they, could, for a they long won, time. they won, they won. Go for um, it. Forming Evolution, I thought was amazing because yeah, you know, it really, it was the modern day Four Horsemen to me, and it really gave Ric Flair an opportunity to be Ric Flair again. But not only that, it opened up the door for two rookies like Batista and Randy Orton to become megastars. And now look at their yeah. Hall of Famers. So I, I think that that's a big one. Um, and then, of course, like the DX uh, invasion. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, it's so weird to see those pictures, like the original shots that they have of Mark Gendrick and the, uh, oh, the whole video of him. Yeah. And I, was yeah a huge the, fan, I was a huge fan of Gendrick and O'Hare from WCW. Yeah. Which, uh, that took a turn for its own thing. But yeah, that's so weird. Just weird. Yeah, I Definitely. mean, I think it ended up working out though. I'm, I'm glad it did. Oh, yeah. It was funny because I remember uh, before that Batista was Deacon Batista with yeah, uh, was, with Reverend Devon, and yeah, I was like, well, this he, guy? Was, he was. I remember super obscure, but he was Leviathan in OVW. Yeah, basically the same the yellow eyes. 
with the chain. Yeah. And then so now he's the priest with the arms comes off. He testified, made a briefcase. Definitely. I was like, Leviathan, what the fuck? He was way bigger <laughs> back then, too. Yeah, for sure. And now he's trying to sell me car insurance, just like an old man on a boat. Have you seen that? No. Oh, dude, he's doing fucking commercials. I'm like, what the fuck? I got to grab really? a picture. Yeah. I know. Like, uh, or something. My girl loves, um, uh, what's the movie? The uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Oh, I fucking and, love it. Yeah, yeah, so like. Oh, it's Plus, which makes sense because Guardians. But uh, I was like, motherfucker, Batista's really doing the damn thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I never saw that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man. You'll see that commercial on Hulu all the fucking time. You'll yeah, that's, that. that's what I watch. <laughs> wow. Let's get rid of that. I don't even know where that is. There it is. <laughs> oh, my God. And He's then uh, out there trying to be the rock, you know, or something. Yeah. I got one more honorable mention, and it Go was it. the uh the reforming of DX in 2006, and the moment where I, I, I enjoyed Corey, when uh, Corey Wilson? what happened? Tori Wilson? No, We're not Tori Wilson, Tori, Tori Cat. What's her fucking just Tori, right? It was like Tori and Kane. And- oh no, 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 I'm talking about 2006 when Shawn Michaels and Triple oh, H returned, yeah, like, they returned. brought back DX and feuding with right, the McMahons. Tori was in that, right? No, nah, it was just Shawn and uh, Triple H. Okay, so what, what what version was Tori in? Because I hated that. That was, that was like the 2000 version with X-Pac and Kane as a tag team. and Yeah, that was, with them. that was a bastard. I don't even talk yeah. about that, even though I'm talking about it. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> hated it. But I, I'll tell you what, though, that was also the time period where they had the, uh, the Run DMC version of the DX song, and that was a banger. I don't care what anyone says. That Run DMC version of the DX theme song was a banger, but... Besides that, that might be the only good thing about that time period for DX. But that the return of DX and when uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels dressed up as Vince McMahon and uh, Shane McMahon and they were cutting the promo as them. It, that was yeah. yeah, that was hilarious shit. That was also I love dude. Also, my honorable mention. We'll, we'll go on for one more. When they got the actual list from USA Network of things that they cannot say on TV. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! They the actual list. Yeah, you you heard the uncensored version, and they read it on TV. Here's a list of things we cannot say. Beep, beep, beep for like two minutes. I'm like these motherfuckers spitting. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen the uncensored version? No, I didn't know that existed. I I gotta send it to you. I gotta send it to you. Copies were censored. Oh god, no, it it was. There's an uncensored version. It's on YouTube. Okay, I'm into it. Send me that shit. I definitely will. Yes. Hey, I do remember what you know what Vanessa's saying about Shawn Michaels with SummerSlam when Triple H hit yeah. inject that shit looked horrible. Yes. Even the one I he thought, did to Vince. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was legit. I was like, oh my God. Just, I remember because like I, I just said growing up, Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler, and I never thought I'd see him wrestle again. All of a sudden right. he's back, and then Triple H does that. His I was so years. fucking pissed. His best matches were after the comeback. I know. Ever. Ever thought in a million yeah. years that 2002 error was insane, but all I, I know is as a kid, the Ric Flair match, the fucking cage matches, I the white, what his the whole Hogan match, yeah. Oh god, <laughs> flopping around, right? God damn, <laughs> but all I remember, he's I was, apologized. I was eight years old at the time, and god, I, I swear to god, like when Sean Michael got hit, there? you were four, I bro, I. <laughs> I re- Honestly, remember staying up with my dad, and he would be a WCW guy, and I would be so pissed because I wanted to watch WWF. Oh, but, that's rough. And we had like one TV, and he was like, "No, fuck that! I want to see NWO." I'm like, "Come on, man!" Like, 
But anyway, all I know is we would tape it in the other room, right? So the next day I would come home from school and we'd watch uh, WWF because he was always watching WCW. But all I know is I was eight years old and I couldn't wait for Shawn Michaels to come back. Always wanted to come back because he was my favorite wrestler. And then when Triple H hit him with the sledgehammer, I cried. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be retiring again. Like he heard him and I was so pissed. And then when he ran him over with the car or some shit, like beat him up in the parking lot and Shawn Michaels was like a bloody mess. You remember, like, the lead-up to that? Like, someone attacked Sean in the parking lot. It turned out to be Triple H. Yeah. Yeah, that, that whole feud was insane. Oh, my God. Man, what a top five. That's for sure. Oh, oh. We, we could go, like, top 10, top 20. Like, Triple H is a guy who there's so many moments. Yeah. it's. Oh, man, definitely. He does. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I probably could. I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back with another top five, which I'm trying to see. Yes, yes. But thank you, Vanessa. Thank you for so much for tuning in. Sure. You should yeah, come on one day with us. Uh, give you, give us your top five. I'm down for that. Which we're trying to think of. I'm trying to think of one because I'm going through the list of. What yeah, we've I done. always come up with them. I know the director always comes up with them, but we'll figure it out probably for next week. We'll announce it. But I'm trying to see which ones we I have think, done. I think, I think DeLorean should have one next. You should pick one. Like just, mm. something like yeah. whatever you want. All right, oh, yeah. I think Vanessa, I think hey, well, Vanessa, how about Vanessa? Give us one right now, Vanessa. Which could, which top yeah. five could you think? Since you're right yeah, now, you're on before five, we go. And then we'll have you top five. What happened? No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. You got five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you got 50 seconds. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. I, I see. Okay. Which we could, there are so many. We could either do. Yeah, we have we haven't done we haven't done top five best gimmick changes. That we haven't done. We've done worst. We've never done best. We've done top five worst gimmicks, but we have we've definitely done top five like best changes. Gimmick changes, ring of tires. We yeah, did like, from, from like a worst to a best. I feel like we've done that. I'll have to go through the library and check it out. But I'm if not, that's too. a good one for sure. I mean, if we've not done it, that's a good one. Vanessa had a good one. She's saying top five. Matches in NXT. I think I like that. I like that. I don't think we've done that. No, I like we've it. never done that. Yeah, we've never done top done five it. NXT matches, but top five women's NXT. Let's do it. I'm with it. All right, let's just do it. Then. I already, already, already have it. Already, my it's already done. So I I'm already ready. have it too. There you Me go. too. Vanessa, so, <laughs> you coming on this Friday? All four of us. All four of us have the same number one. NXT season three during the game show. Anything anything involving um. Uh, was it Carmen, the girl that didn't know how to pin? Oh, was that? She, she, like, she tried to pin her on her, she was facing up? Yeah, like she was like on her stomach or something. Yeah, was that, yeah. Was that Carmen? Is that her name? I think. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, well, there you go. Next Friday, our top five, at, uh, top five women's matches in NXT. Okay. NXT. That's going to be a good homework to do for sure. Man, thank you. Might everybody. go back and rewatch some of those. I know. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in here for our top five. We'll be back tomorrow. Actually, uh, we'll be having a League of Extraordinary Podcast uh, meeting, giving this, giving our thoughts overall the state of professional wrestling, thoughts about either mo- either modern wrestling or old school wrestling. Guys, we're going to debate that. Thanks to Ted Winston from Rewind, he's going to give us that debate. You know, what do we prefer, modern wrestling or old school wrestling? And then, of course, discussing the future, you know, of 
WWE and AEW right now. I mean, of what they, you know, what they feel one what might happen overall within the next quarter. So those are the three major topics we'll be talking about tomorrow. Uh, you'll see the announcement on our channel. What time will that be? Because we're still working on that. Most likely will be six, uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, six o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So we're still working on it, and that is for sure. But yes, well, do not forget subscribe here to our channel, and you know hit that you know notification button right there, that little bell too, to get obviously all all the updates that we do here. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, of course, Monday, you will be having, of course, De Niro with the Wrestling Glory podcast every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. And then we'll we be something back. special coming up on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. But I I'll, I'll let De Niro announce that one. You, know, you want to do it now or Monday? It's up to you. I mean, I'm not doing it right now. Go ahead and do it. Chris, do you mind me doing it right now? Handle it. It's your show. So... On Wednesday, we do the ECW shows, and it's my favorite day of the week for Wrestling DeLorean, you know, obviously. But we're going to be covering the next show on the list where, you know, we're going in time. We just covered the go-home show for Hardcore TV for WrestlePalooza 98. So this week, we'll be covering ECW Wrestling, WrestlePalooza 1998, and my special guest will be my fellow ECW fan, Chris, the director. I am so excited. When I think of this era of ECW, my 13-year-old blood starts pumping and also other bodily fluids, and (laughs) it is going to be exciting. Do you uh, want me to remind you some of the match cards? Oh, I know exactly. I've already looked it up. I'm I'm going to watch it anyways. But, yeah, no, as I read the card, I'm like, that's where that happened. That's where that happened. I remember all of this. Let's go. I mean, like I said, look. Oh, man. I literally go in order of watching every single show, all the hardcore TVs leading up to the pay-per-views and all that. So yeah. whenever you want to come on, if you want to watch whatever, like you let me know. We'll we'll go through the order. Cool. I'm into it. Yeah, that's there you go. I feel good. <laughs> and then I definitely yeah. want to do an ECW uh watch along on the show too, for sure. For sure. Yeah, you guys gotta do that for sure. And don't forget, again, remind everybody once again, besides, you know, following us, make sure you follow us on our social media platforms. Uh, you know, also the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Of course, the director himself, Chris Kennedy Guitars, you can follow him as well, and Fate Destroyed, and also here at the Circle Debate on social media platforms. The link trees are right below. Do it now. Follow us and make sure. SoCal Pro fans, once again, we got another show coming up. That is next, uh, next Sunday, of course. I'm going to keep reading. Reminding everybody because I'm mean, gonna I have to do that. At the whiskey, make sure come see September 4th right free show Liberty Day weekend. Come on out. Six of the best bands in LA right now. Six, I think it's six, yeah. And yeah, us. Yeah. That is right. He's the best, of course. We already know that. <laughs> but yes, uh make sure you gotta cut Fate Destroyed September 4th to the Whiskey Go Go in Hollywood. It's all free, all ages. Just come on by, say hi to the director, take a picture with him, get an autograph. Uh, he doesn't drink, so buy him water. So, okay, so do that at really least. Really couples, but they're nine bucks because there's a credit card minimum. Because that's just Hollywood, baby. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that is right. So we'll be back here tomorrow on the channel and Monday and Wednesday. They'll be here. Thursday, we'll be back for 116, 117, excuse me. Plus, we got to do a lot of, there's a lot of coming up predictions for All Out, Night at the Castle. It's a busy, so, busy week next week. It's a busy Labor Day weekend, but hey. 
we're gonna take a you know three day weekend, so I'm I'm looking forward for that. So that is for sure. Once again, this is the whole Stevie's one I'm gonna see. It will Mr. El Dinero De Niro, Mike De Niro, and the director himself, Chris Kennedy. Tell you guys, we'll catch you guys on the next one.